48K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Sean Kennedy. The headlines, rowdy scenes in Legco as pan-Democrats demand answers over the barring of Chuhoi Dick from village elections. The jury retires to consider its verdict in the bribery trial in New York of former Home Affairs Minister Patrick Ho. And reassurances from Beijing that it will push forward on trade talks with Washington fail to soothe jittery markets. The chief executive's question-and-answer session in LegCo has been cut short after interruptions from pan-Democrats who were chanting slogans against the barring of Land Justice League lawmaker Chu Hoi Dick from a village election. The meeting was originally adjourned for over 20 minutes, with Claudia Mo and Ray Chan being ejected for defying orders to leave the chamber. Opposition lawmakers continued chanting slogans after the session resumed, forcing President Andrew Leung to end the session early. FTU lawmaker Alice Mack said councillors lost a precious chance to question the CE. In fact, we treasure the time to um, ask, to raise questions to the chief executive. But as you have seen, uh, the meeting as, uh, as the meeting is interrupted by some members and that it cannot be continued. And we have lost this um, very important opportunity to raise questions to the chief executive. So we think we really need to review and revise the rules and procedures to ensure that we will have a smooth and civilized meeting in the future. The convener of the Van Democrats, Claudia Mo, accused her pro-Beijing colleagues of trying to turn LegCo into a rubber stamp by threatening to further tighten the council's rules of procedure. She stressed the opposition camp will stick to its principles and do what it thinks is right. We've been numbed uh, to their scares. They're trying very hard to uh, uh, scare us into uh, sort of, uh, quote-unquote, behaving ourselves. What for? I mean, these days... Uh, the so-called behaving is turning the uh, legislative chamber into uh, the uh, National People's Congress in Beijing type. They want us to be all just uh, rubber stamp bodies and uh, uh, hand-raising machines. The chairwoman of LegCo's House Committee, Starry Lee, says LegCo lawmakers will explore the available options when considering changing LegCo's rules of procedure. She was asked if it would be appropriate to penalise disorderly councillors. All you have mentioned, like uh, having penalty for those uh, who act not according to the rules and procedure, have already been discussed for long. And we understand that there are a lot of people who would like to put forward that. But we will respect the uh, relevant committee to follow uh, and we will follow the procedures there. A 40-year-old man has died after his motorbike crashed into a truck near the airport last night. The motorcyclist reportedly crossed into the opposite lane on South Perimeter Road. A lawyer for Hong Kong's former Home Affairs Minister, Patrick Ho, has told his corruption trial in New York that the case against him is based on the lies of someone who'd taken a plea bargain to escape the charges. This came during closing arguments in the case in which Mr Ho denies paying millions of dollars in bribes to the presidents of Chad and Uganda to secure oil rights for a mainland conglomerate. Janice Wong reports. The jury heard sharply different accounts of the strength of a case against Mr Ho. An assistant U.S. attorney painted him as a shrewd and calculating operator who had grown accustomed to throwing money at foreign officials to expand the portfolio of CEFC China Energy. But Ed Kim from Mr. Ho called the prosecution deeply flawed. He said prosecutors were relying on the testimony of a Senegalese diplomat who had been charged alongside Mr. Ho before agreeing to testify for the government. The trial had earlier heard that Patrick Ho gave gift boxes containing two million U.S. dollars in cash to the president of Chad, who rejected the money. 
Mr. Kim acknowledged his client made that payment and others to the president and foreign minister of Uganda, but he said these were all documented charitable donations. Mr. Ho has pleaded not guilty to charges of money laundering, conspiracy, and violating the Foreign Corrupt Practices Act. The businessman served as Hong Kong's Home Affairs Minister from 2002 to 2007. A verdict on Mr. Ho could come down later today or early tomorrow. If found guilty, he could face decades in prison. China says it will push forward trade talks with the United States in the next 90 days and has vowed to quickly implement specific issues already agreed on. The Commerce Ministry statement is Beijing's first public acknowledgement of the timeline. Washington has said China agreed to purchase agricultural, energy, industrial, and other products from the U.S. to reduce the trade gap. Earlier, President Trump indicated talks could extend beyond the March 1st deadline, but he threatened more tariffs if both sides fail to reach an agreement. His comments unnerved Wall Street, as the BBC's Michelle Fleury explains. All of the major U.S. indexes ended the trading day down by more than three percent. Bank stocks like J.P. Morgan Chase, State Street, and American Express were among the hardest hit. The sell-off on Wall Street comes as investors grow increasingly sceptical about the ceasefire in the trade war between the U.S. and China. The White House was unable to confirm whether or not China had agreed to drop its 40% tariffs on U.S. cars, and the president tweeted that if no deal was possible, then he would revert to tariffs, calling himself a tariff man. The former head of the Catholic Church in Hong Kong, Cardinal Joseph Zen, has told the district court of his admiration for the three co-founders of the Occupy movement. He said he believed their year-long promotion of non-violence in the run-up to the protests prevented demonstrators losing control, even after police fired tear gas at them. Maggie Ho reports. Cardinal Zen was giving evidence as both a factual and character witness for the three Occupy founders, Benny Tai, Chen Kinmen, and Reverend Zhu Yuming, who are among nine people on trial for public nuisance-related charges. Cardinal Zen recalled rushing to Timmei Avenue in Admiralty in the early hours of September 28th, four years ago, to take part in the Occupy movement the night before tear gas was fired on the crowd. He told the court this was unwise of police, and he feared it would anger the crowd. So he used a loud hailer to tell people to go home. Although he said not many people heeded his appeal, the retired bishop said he spent the night trapped in Timmei Avenue, but it was unexpectedly peaceful, which. He attributed to the three founders advocating for a peaceful movement over the past year. As for the three men's characters, Cardinal Zen said he admired them and found them more devoted to God than himself, and that they'd invited him to pray together for no more violent incidents. The police watchdog says it's concerned by a more than 50% rise in officers found at fault in serious allegations and urged police to follow the matter up. In the 12 months to March this year, the Independent Police Complaints Council received around 1,600 complaints, up about 3% from the previous year. It noted that serious allegations such as assault, unnecessary use of authority, and threat dropped almost 30% to 373 during the period, a record low. But the IPCC also noted that disciplinary action was taken against 130 officers, a rise of almost 50%. The British Prime Minister Theresa May has opened a crucial five-day debate on Brexit by warning Parliament that the choice is between her deal, no deal, and no Brexit. Don't let anyone here think that there's a better deal to be won by shouting louder. Don't imagine that if we vote this down, a different deal is going to miraculously appear. 
The alternative is uncertainty and risk. So I promise you today, this is the very best deal for the British people. I ask you to back it in the best interests of our constituents and our country. During the debate, Mrs May said the EU had neither the time nor the inclination to reopen negotiations before Britain leaves next March. U.S. media are reporting that senior campaign officials for President Trump's Republican Party had their email accounts hacked before last month's midterm elections. Here's the BBC's Dave Lee. The National Republican Congressional Committee said thousands of emails were accessed by an unknown intruder during the midterm campaign. It launched an internal investigation and informed the FBI. But according to Politico, which broke news of the attack, the NRCC kept details of the hack hidden from the party's leadership, as well as its House members, saying it feared it would make it harder to find the culprit. Party officials said none of the emails had been made public. Two senior Republican senators have talked of their certainty that the Saudi Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman ordered the murder of the journalist Jamal Khashoggi. They had just emerged from a briefing by CIA Chief Gina Haspel. Senator Bob Corker said he had zero doubt that the prince ordered the killing. Senator Lindsey Graham described Prince Mohammed as a wrecking ball. I think he's complicit in the murder of Mr. Khashoggi to the highest level possible. I think the behavior before the Khashoggi murder was beyond disturbing, and I cannot see him being a reliable partner to the United States because I think he's crazy, I think he is dangerous, and uh, he has put the relationship at risk. NATO allies have officially accused Russia of breaching a nuclear arms reduction treaty dating back to the Cold War. At a meeting in Brussels, foreign ministers said Moscow had developed and fielded a missile system that posed significant risks to Euro-Atlantic security. The U.S. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo told a news conference the U.S. would suspend its adherence to the Intermediate Range Nuclear Forces Treaty within 60 days unless Russia came back into compliance. During the 60 days, uh, we will still not test or produce or deploy uh, any systems, and we'll see... We'll see what happens during this 60-day period. We've talked to the Russians a great deal. Um, We're hopeful they'll change course, but there's been no indication to date that they have any intention of doing so. A handwritten letter by Albert Einstein about the concept of God has sold at auction in New York for nearly 2.9 million US dollars. The letter is seen as a key statement in the debate between science and religion. Here's the BBC's Steve Jackson. Einstein was 74 years old when he wrote the letter to the German philosopher Eric Gutkind. The Nobel Prize winning scientist said that for him, the word God was nothing but the expression and product of human weaknesses. Einstein described the Bible as a collection of venerable but still rather primitive legends. When he wrote the letter in 1954, there was huge interest in how rapid advances in the human understanding of science could be reconciled with widely held religious beliefs. The importance of this letter in that debate may explain why it fetched nearly double the expected price at auction. Finance now, and uh, the currency market, the US dollar is trading at 112.93 yen. The euro is standing at 1 US dollar and 13 cents. The pound is worth 9 Hong Kong dollars and 91 cents. A short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 26,812, down 447 points on, on the previous close. Turnover was $46 billion. And now with sports, here's Adam Chung. 
We start with football. Manchester City have taken a five-point lead in the English Premier League after a hard-fought 2-1 victory at Watford. Goals from Leroy Sané and Riyad Mahrez put City in front before Abdoulaye Decoré scored late for the home side. The former Arsenal and England defender Lee Dixon watched the game and he said City should have taken better control. When he went to 2-1, they gave the ball away twice. Once on the halfway line with Jesus and Pep Guardiola threw his arms in the air, went all the way over to the left back. Delft gave it away on the edge of the box. And when the ball came in, they scrambled it over the line with Decore. And then all of a sudden, the crowd get wake up. Everybody's trying to push the ball over the line. And they had another couple of chances. Not clear cut, but great stop in the end by Laporte. Goes out for a corner. And we shouldn't have had that excitement, but we're glad we did. <laughs> Really excited. Callum Wilson and Ryan Fraser were on target as Bournemouth held off Huddersfield 2-1 to end their four-game losing streak. The win lifted Bournemouth to sixth in the table, above Leicester, Manchester United and Everton, all of whom play tonight. Here's the winning manager, Eddie Howe. Yeah, a lot of a lot of relief, really. I think um, it wasn't uh, a vintage performance from us. A 2-0, you're thinking hopefully we can go on and, and, and make it a memorable night, but it wasn't to be. Huddersfield did very well. They passed the ball well. They made it tough for us. They created chances, but we did um, defend heroically in that second half, and um, we managed to uh, avoid conceding and get a big win for us. West Ham moved up to 12th in the table after winning 3-1 at home over Cardiff. Brighton beat Crystal Palace 3-1 despite playing more than an hour with 10 men. On to snooker, Hong Kong's Marco Fu is out of the UK Championship in York. The world number 16 was beaten by Jack Lesowski in the third round. Fu trailed from the very start, dropping the first three frames of the contest before losing 5-3. Lesowski will face defending champion Ronnie O'Sullivan in an all-English last 16 matchup. O'Sullivan is coming off a 6-0 victory over China's Zhou Yulong. The National Hockey League has added Seattle as the league's 32nd franchise. The team yet to be named will start play in 2021, which allows time for their arena to be renovated. They'll be Seattle's first major winter sports team since the NBA Supersonics left town in 2008. On the ice, the Tampa Bay Lightning have extended their lead in the NHL after Nikita Kucherov scored to seal a 6-5 victory in shootouts over the Detroit Red Wings. Franz Nielsen had a hat-trick in defeat. Tampa now lead Toronto by three points. Toronto were 4-3 winners in Buffalo. Austin Matthews scored twice, including the overtime winner with four seconds left. And that's your look at sports. And to end the news, the top stories again. Rowdy scenes in Lejko as pan-Democrats demand answers over the barring of Chu Hoi Dick from village elections. The jury retires to consider its verdict in the bribery trial of former Home Affairs Minister Patrick Ho. And reassurances from Beijing that it will push forward on trade talks fail to soothe the market. The news from RTHK.